you know, last week, whenever I posted our last episode, I had been thinking about it this whole time because I realized that I told you in the beginning of the episode that I would go back and talk to you about some of the emails I've been getting and things like that, and I just never did. So for whatever reason, lack of sleep or, or something like that, I, I did not do that. So I wanted to address that today. So I've been getting a lot of emails um, from, from many different people, um, some messages on Facebook, some messages on Instagram um, about people that wanting to you know, kind of collaborate and things like that, which I, I greatly appreciate. There are quite a bit of them too, of people trying to get me to market their brand, market their product or things like that. Or there was one for Healthline that messaged me and things like that. And I, I just want you to know that I'm not too big on selling a product or selling an image to somebody. I didn't start this channel with the intention to make money off of it. Eventually down the road, I might consider doing ads and things like that and just have them integrated in um, if it pays for the time that I'm kind of spending researching and making these episodes for you. But I just wanted to say that that's not something that I'm really too keen on. Um, and for the people that are messaging me that, I'm really sorry that I haven't gotten back to you, but that's the reason why I'm just not really interested in, in selling a product for you. Um, to everyone else, if you are interested in collaborating, absolutely reach out. Um, if you are interested in talking about something specific or something that you're struggling with, absolutely reach out. You can always get those links below. And I just want to say that thank you guys for the messages, regardless of what the intention is behind it. I appreciate them so much. I didn't think at any point I would ever receive my first email. Um, that happened like I think seven or eight months ago, and it was pretty crazy, kind of blew up quick since then. So I just want to say thank you to all you guys. But with that being said, I've been talking too much, so let's go ahead and get into the episode. So today we're talking about magnesium sulfate, right? So the great old mag. Um, I'm going to title this really corny, so it's probably going to be something like the guard with many traits or something like that because I'm really bad at making titles, honestly. But so when we're talking about magnesium, it's kind of important to understand what calcium does for the body first. So if we understand the role of calcium in the body, calcium is stored in the bones, which makes them extremely rigid. Um, and so in turn, the skeletal makeup is dependent on having a healthy calcium storage. But as part of that, calcium is used to send messages between your brain and your entire body. So the release of calcium causes muscle contractions, and since your, your heart is essentially a muscle, it regulates the heart's rhythm as well. It also plays a very big role in trauma because calcium ions are used to recognize and respond to the nerves and the, the central nervous system whenever trauma happens and kind of tells the brain, hey, there's trauma here and then it starts that cascade of clotting factors and other things like that. But with that being said, I can go on about calcium pretty much all day. I was actually thinking about doing an episode on that eventually, but for now, let's just stick with the topic. Um, so magnesium, the reason why it's the guard outside of the gate is because it's used to mediate those calcium channels, also known as, really it's a calcium channel blocker. It blocks the sodium from attaching to the smooth muscle and it also binds potassium to help introduce, you know, or in introduction into the tissues. So you'll see a lot in the clinical setting, you'll see a lot they'll give magnesium with potassium because magnesium helps that potassium move into the tissues. So people with a, a critical potassium rate, you know, like that 2.1, 2.2, 2.3, anything really below like the 3.0 or 2.9 area, that's whenever they're gonna be a, a more critical patient, especially whenever you start analyzing their symptoms and seeing if this is something that is causing this to happen. Magnesium is extremely important because it's used to help that potassium go into the tissues and stay there as needed. Um, it also decides how much calcium to move 
in and out as it pleases, right? So it's that it's that guard. And picture this like when your when your calcium is is overloaded in your body, you know you start getting dysrhythmias and you start getting um, really strong contractions. You'll feel like your chest is pounding. You'll feel a, a, a faster rate. So you'll have that dromotrophic effect and ionotrophic effect and pretty much everything. So because of this, it vasodilates, right? Magnesium vasodilates. It lowers your blood pressure and it can reduce anxiety by the way of like interrupting the rapid transmitters, um, neurotransmitters that are being fired. Magnesium also plays a big role into regulation of your cortisol levels, which can cause a large amount of stress if it's not regulated properly. So that's where magnesium comes in to assist with that. And as we all know, cortisol is your stress hormone. So as your cortisol increases, naturally you'll feel more stressed, you'll feel more anxious, you'll have more you know, you'll have higher blood pressure. Your your sympathetic nervous system, essentially when your cortisol increases, starts to go a little bit into overdrive. And it's very hard for it to balance out after there's so much. But let's talk about the emergency setting because that's typically what we talk about here, right? So in the emergency setting, it assists with potassium absorption into the tissues like we talked about. Um, but it also lowers BPs in preeclamptic and eclamptic patients. Now, the biggest concern with these patients is that if their blood pressure is too high, then they start to get ischemic in their, their brain, causing them to have seizures. And then because they're having seizures, their body is having a lack of oxygen. They're stopping their breathing. They're contracting everywhere. They're putting extra pressure and strain on the uterus. And because of that, the baby, the baby also loses nutrients as well as that oxygen. The, the goal in mind whenever you give magnesium to an eclamptic or preeclamptic patient is that you want to lower that blood pressure over time and then kind of restore that good blood flow and the good nutrition value and the good oxygenation to the fetus. But also it lowers the speed and strength of contraction in the heart like we talked about. Usually it's a second option or it's used with an antiarrhythmic for rhythms like torsades or MAT, you know, your multifocal atrial tachycardias, or even digitalis toxicity, which is very, very much less common nowadays. You don't see a lot of that. And in the non-emergency setting, it has many different uses that make it a very versatile treatment for array of different things. So in the non-emergency setting or the traditional clinical setting, you know, seeing your primary care and things like that, it might be an option for a few things. It can decrease your blood pressure over time, it can help with overall bone health and condition. It can cause tension migraines and anxiety to decrease. And usually those are due to having high blood pressure or random amounts of uh, vasoconstriction um, due to like stress or an environment or something like that. So it can typically help with those. It can help a lot with muscle cramping. A lot of people that get muscle cramps, especially in their hip areas, their pec areas, their back areas and things like that. And especially in the neck, um, magnesium is shown to kind of help with those over time too. And the biggest thing for a lot of people is it can improve sleep. Now, other than the anxiety, usually anxiety and sleep kind of go hand in hand. But in the non-emergency setting, it is extremely beneficial for those people. So when you go out to these patients' houses or you're asking about their medication list, you have to consider magnesium as you would if you were taking anything else. Because truly for them, if they're taking that as a, you know, a prophylaxis kind of thing to try to avoid something else, then that's it's probably needed for them, right? And especially in, in regards to giving them, um, you know, magnesium versus hydroxyzine or, you know, anything else like the antihistamines that are used for anxiety reduction, things like that. It is a non-medicinal treatment to something, you know, that, that, that could benefit them. And we got to think that magnesium acts as a smooth muscle relaxer in the body. 
so it can benefit by reducing your overall blood pressure on the vasculature, which is why it's been linked to better outcomes in cardiac patients. The big one that I want to mention is that magnesium treatments have been shown to reduce the amount of seizures that patients have as well. So if you consider the fact that most seizures are caused by nerve instability and irritation on it, then it makes sense that additional magnesium or bringing someone out of a deficit can reduce them, you know, getting those seizures, given what we know now at least. And a bit anecdotal, a while back I actually got admitted into the hospital, um, and part of the complaint that I had was that I was having reoccurring migraines and I could not get rid of them. Now, although I was kind of well-versed on magnesium, I didn't really take the time as most healthcare providers, if it doesn't come up, you don't really think to research it that often. I didn't really think much into it. Well, luckily, one of the cardiologists that I say that I seen, he talked to me for a while. Um, and at the time, I wasn't taking any medications or anything like that. And he said, you know, what, what are you like, you know, anxiety wise? What are you like this? Do you struggle with blood pressure? Do you struggle with all those other things? And so he told me, he's like, you know what, let's, let's try to do a treat all method and we'll, we'll start you on just like a daily dose of magnesium and you can take it twice a day. And it was just 200 milligrams. He said max of 400. Uh, if you feel like the 400 is too much and you're getting tired or you're having issues, you know, you know, you feel different, then you can go down 200. He's like, you know, and, and to me myself, I thought, okay, that's not really going to do much. Um, but it did. So I, I don't have migraines almost at all anymore. I get maybe one every two months at most. My blood pressures went down 20 systolic overall. Um, and although it's anecdotal, it's it's important to say that, you know, there there is some some heavy truth into it. And although the clinical data is there and we're not using it as often as we should in the, the non-emergency setting or even in the emergency setting, it's something to consider as an option because truthfully, it worked for me. Um, and... You know, one thing that we want to avoid when it comes to healthcare and treatments is we want to not stack medicines on top of each other. The more medicines that a patients are taking, the more ability they have to have interactions with each other. And the more interactions they have with each other, the, the more the cascade of negative side effects can happen. So it's important to think about that, looking into the future of healthcare, what can we do to regulate somebody or start them on preventive measures to avoid them from getting to the the point where they're on several medications and they have the potential to overdose or underdose or things like that. And lastly, a neat little fact, magnesium also helps plants grow. So if you're like me and you don't have a green thumb, you can buy magnesium packets and put them in your plants. But I, when I was searching it, I actually thought that was pretty cool. I've never thought about that before. Um, and also, I don't know anything about plant life whatsoever. Although, you know, other than they, they take carbon dioxide and they give us oxygen. And that's really about as far as I know. So it's pretty cool to think about. If you don't have a green thumb, you can use magnesium. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in. If you liked, please like, please subscribe. Please give a good rating because the better ratings that we get, the higher... It pops us up on the queue on Apple and Spotify and things like that. So I appreciate you all and you guys have a great rest of your day.